0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We are in the semester of warriors and warfare, and we have been learning quite a bit. There's so much more to know, just FYI. We don't feel like we have all the answers, but we do feel like God has given us direction for this church. The assignment on us as a church family is a great assignment. Every church has their assignment. Every church has their purpose. And this is why when people get called to churches, their alignment in their spirit and their values and their purpose lines up with that institution or that body of believers are really an organization of organisms, people alive in Christ Jesus. The body is not... The church is not a building, the church is a people. And so, when you begin to feel a part of a body of believers, and you're going to feel the same purpose. And our purpose right now is to understand how do we war, how do we live, how do we move forward in our lives. Moving forward requires two things the ability to stand still when you're trying to be pushed back, and the ability to know what steps to take and the direction to go and the purpose you have in moving forward. All of us need a purpose. So when you find your purpose and you understand who you are and what you've been called to do, it aligns up with your faith, and this is what God uses. That's why the Word of God is so important. I'm going to read you out of the the week that we are in right now called the Shield of Faith. Today we're going to be going through the Shield of Faith. If you do not have a syllabus, we have given hundreds out. If if we have any, we will give that to you. Do we have any in stock? We are out. That's a good thing. But we also have the QR code, and you can download it online for free as well. Not that we charge beforehand. We always give it away for free. But if you don't have it, you can scan it right now, and you can follow along with it. And you can also take notes, I believe, from our app. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 says, Above all, will you say that with me? Above Above all? Taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Let me pause here for a moment. Above all, and now it goes through every piece of the armor, and now the apostle Paul is saying, but this particular piece... You should take above all the shield of faith, and it will quench all the fiery darts. Fiery darts, which fire represents trials. So many, many times trials begin with a fiery dart. A trial of fire starts with a fiery dart. But if your faith can extinguish it before it gets to your spirit, your soul, or your body, by faith, you'll be shielded. That's our warfare. That's our weaponry. In this letter, Paul begins to write in the book of Ephesians to the people of God in Ephesus. He's in prison in Rome. He is telling Christians, warriors, to use their shield of faith above all. There are other necessary pieces of the armor, but the result of faith is... Fully trusting in and confidently obeying God. In fact, without faith, it's impossible to please him. I'm going to read you a portion of scripture right now in Luke chapter 22. And I'm going to give you the story of Peter. And we're going to use Peter as an example of what it means to be shielded and unshielded. We have to use both because today we're going to be talking about how to utilize this and where God's got you covered. It says it right here. In Luke chapter 22, verse 31, it says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Keep in mind, you have to go through the process of what it means to have someone sifted. Think about this for one moment. In other words, the devil came to Jesus and said, I want Peter to be part of my harvest, to sift him, to take him to myself. He went and asked for him, much like Job was called out. So you look in the life of Peter, this is why Peter had so many issues and so many problems, and people pick on Peter all the time. It wasn't because Peter was just, laxadaisical in his approach, he really was just being spiritually attacked. A lot of what Peter dealt with in his life was a spiritual thing in his mind, in his emotions, in his feelings. But we're going to see, these, see this in his life, but listen to what Jesus said. But I prayed for you, Jesus said, I prayed for you that your faith, everyone say faith, should not fail. And when you have returned to me, Strengthen your brethren. Did you hear what I just said? I prayed for your faith, but you're going to fail. You're going to fall. But when you do, come back to me. Strengthen your brothers, because I'm going to teach you how to overcome, and you're going to help them be overcomers. I don't know if you know this, but you have to understand the power of faith in your life can be used to pray for somebody else's faith in their life. It happened right here. Jesus said, I prayed for your faith. Your faith can affect other people. But he said him to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you. I mean, let's go, right? Both to prison and to death. Then he said, mijo, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you even know me. Intentions are great, but without power, it's nothing. Or without faith, you and I can't accomplish anything. We can want to do well. We can promise under promise and never we can over promise and never deliver but if you have faith and you walk in that faith God can do more with your faith than he can with your words and your promises broken promises failed promises promises unfulfilled it's a matter of faith faith can help you move forward but faith also can shield you from being pushed backwards That's what we're going to talk about today. Will you bless the service one more time and say, Lord Jesus, bless this sermon. Bless this lesson. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Turn to somebody before you're seated and tell them we're going to be talking about faith protecting you today. We're going to be talking about faith protecting you, and you can be seated. We may be uh, talking about faith from a different perspective. Every service we speak at has a different anointing in the sense of purpose and explanation because every service has different people and different needs. It's amazing how the Holy Ghost works. So if you're here for more than one service, you may hear the same message delivered in a different way. That's because there's different people here. So we try to obey God and we try to fulfill his Purpose, and if you came hungry, in other words, you will be fed. I believe that. I believe that if you came hungry today, how many people came hungry for the word of God? How many of you want to learn something? You're going to draw it out from this platform from him. He's going to feed you. He said, feed my sheep, and that's what we're here to do. I want to show you and begin with this picture of a shield from what we would reference, one of the most effective shields that the Roman soldiers had. This was an old shield that was found, and they tried to restore it. I'm not quite sure about that hole in the middle. Uh, that was my shield. I would take it back to the worksmith and tell him, hey, you got to redo this thing. Mine has a hole because <laughs> it looks like a sword can fit right through that area. Not in a good place neither. But notice that it's elongated. Notice that it forms and conforms around the body. Which means that it gives you not only front protection but also side protection somewhat. Has a variable position of protection and, and it's elongated again. And so you have this shield. Now, most of you are probably thinking the round shields, those did exist. But as warfare advances, so does the weaponry. And you'll find this changing of different swords and shields and armor as time has gone on. That was their technology. That was their technology. And so when you look at this, it's great for a personal protection, personal protection. And that would allow you to move forward, and this is what faith does. Faith will act as a shield before it gets to you from anything that's being shot at you from the enemy Or anything being thrusted closer to you by the enemy. Whether by distance or by nearby attack, either way, faith can protect you. But this is what's really interesting to me. This is what's really caught my attention: that Jesus prayed for essentially Peter's shield to be up, strong. He really prayed for his spirit to be engaged. But when you look at the shield used by multiple soldiers together in the same company, this is what it looked like, and this is how they utilized it. This is the type of formation, I believe, that was guarded against arrows together. One person couldn't do it alone, but together they could cover more. Not just, it shows two sides here, I believe they could have covered all sides That would have gone a full covering. Everybody would be covered from the top and all around the sides. And, And this is what happens when we pray for people. I believe this is what happens when we pray for people, that their faith will reach out and help protect somebody and be there for someone. If you have ever been in a place of Leadership. I'm going to use the word leadership. And leadership is nothing more than just a fancy word for serving at a higher level. Just to keep you humble. Everybody wants to be a leader, but they've missed they, they've not really defined it properly. It's really servanthood. Jesus told us what real leadership was, and that was the greatest will be the least. And he served. And so when you and I begin to think about helping others, I would, I would probably say that the biggest blessing you can be to somebody is to pray for them. I, I, would, I would probably even allow somebody to, to argue with me about that because I like arguing. <laughs> but I would even allow someone to try to find in the scripture that that is better to give and to receive rather than it's better to get than give. Part of your giving in your life, you know, it's your prayers. I can show you in the scripture where even the apostles said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to thee. And their prayers were more valuable than gold and silver. But when you pray for somebody's faith, When you pray for somebody to be covered, you're actually shielding them. Where does it say that? I just read it to you. Jesus said to Peter, I prayed that your faith fail not. As a parent, the best thing I can do is pray for my children. And if you are under attack in your family... If you feel like your world is falling apart, it could be that you're not shielded. If you have children that are going away from God, or if even you feel yourself being driven back, it could be that you have your faith not engaged. Your faith isn't up. Your faith isn't shielding you. And the only way to get your faith that strong to withstand fiery darts. Let's talk about the fiery darts. The actual words or the incidents or the ploys of the devil coming against you can never penetrate the faith of God. So it's not your faith alone. The scripture says that every man has been given the measure of faith which was an actual measurement that God has placed within every single one of us. All of us have faith. But then when you have Jesus, now you have his faith. And when you have his faith and you nourish it, it grows. It develops. This is why the scripture says if you have the faith of a mustard seed, that it will grow and you can move mountains or obstacles or things that are in your way. And there are different perspectives on the faith of God but when you look at this and understand that the shield can protect you in body soul and spirit body soul and spirit most of the time our bodies are protected your mind is protected at times you can have an optimistic mindset but I got to tell you, it's not the same as the shield of faith. Positive thinking is not the same as the shield of faith. It's not. Having a 100 likes on Facebook is not the same as the shield of faith to build your confidence and faith that, oh, people love me. That's can be almost deceptive, playing into the place of, I'm liked." Let's go beyond being liked. Let's talk about God loving you. And when you know about the love of God, you seem to be delivered from what people think, whether or not they like you or not, it doesn't matter. It's not that we become callous to things, but you see, one of the fiery darts is, in the culture right now is political correctness. One of the darts right now is persecution, being indifferent, being hit, peer pressure, another dart. You do this because we're all doing it. If you don't do it, then you're weird. I would beg to differ. I would say if you don't follow Jesus, you're weird to me. I'm not crazy. I'm in my right mind. You don't see anybody. I don't have to see him. I feel him. Living by faith is not going to be noticed by anybody else except your God. Living by faith requires a lack of intelligence, logic, reasoning. Having a shield of faith, something that no one else can see but you experience. Requires for you to trust God. It requires us to believe in God. A belief in a God that we cannot see but feel. A belief in a movement of God. That only comes by surrender and by submission. Sometimes we grapple with the wrong devices. Sometimes we try to. Fight off the enemy when we need to let God do the fighting for us. Anything you wrestle with or grapple with, you give it, whatever it may be, the ability to influence you and affect you. But can I tell somebody here today, right now, the battle doesn't belong to you, it belongs to the Lord. So when you look at Israel, or when you look at Jacob, and he wrestled with the Lord, that means that... God touched him. He wrestled with God. He didn't wrestle with Esau, which is what his problem was. He wrestled with God. And God, in turn, touched the situation between him and his brother. Who am I talking to? Because this wasn't in my notes. I'm telling you here right now, you're wrestling with the wrong things. You're not big enough to wrestle with sin. You're not big enough to wrestle with an addiction. You're not big enough to wrestle with anger. You're not big enough to wrestle with unforgiveness. You need to wrestle with your God and let God take care of everything for you. You may walk out different. You may walk with the limp. I'd rather walk with the limp for life than be subjected to the devil for eternity. But when you allow yourself to be influenced by the faith of God, it comes through an intertwining. Isaiah quoted this and said it like this. He said, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. That word, wait upon the Lord, comes from the Hebrew word that means to intertwine, to tie together, to wait and to engage. When you wait on God through prayer, you'll find yourself in a better place. I want to show you something real quick in the life of Peter, since we're on Peter. I want to show you some of the areas of his life that wasn't shielded so you understand the before and the after. Here is the before and after in Peter's life. Before Peter had received power and Peter was shielded. Because remember... Jesus said, I pray that your faith fails not, but when you come back to me, so there was a period in his life where he would have an empowerment, a restoration, a rehabilitation to be able to come back to Jesus. How many of you have ever felt like you were just away from God and you couldn't find him? And and you knew that you were out of God's will and you knew that you weren't doing the right thing. But somehow, some way, it's like God came to deal with you again and God began to talk to you. God began to, can I tell you what I believe that was? Somebody was praying for you. Somebody was praying for your faith because how many of you know you weren't praying is anybody? Can anybody relate to me today? Do I have to be the only one that says, "Hey, I've been in a place before where I couldn't pray, I wasn't praying, but somehow God touched me"? Had to been somebody praying for me. Had to been somebody praying for me. I'll never forget. Almost eight years ago, I was in in, in bed and I was sick. And I had been I had been in my bed for almost six months or more, and I couldn't get up. I couldn't walk. My adrenal glands were exhausted. I had chronic fatigue. And I had been to the place where I hit a brick wall, working a full-time job, working here at the church till 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock every night, and raising a family. Listen, I I don't feel sorry for any men that work hard because hard work pays off. But patience and God's timing, he has a timing for everything. And he makes everything beautiful within his time. But don't give up. Keep moving forward. Keep fighting. Keep praying. Keep praising. Be patient. Don't give up. And I'll never forget, I, had, I, I couldn't even feel God. I was just, it was a horrible time in my life. And I couldn't even preach. My wife had to preach for me. I had to get somebody else from out of state to come and visit us and be with us every Sunday. And the church was dwindling because they thought we had, were going to give up ministry. And we were growing. But thank God I went full time. And when I went full-time into the ministry, it's like all the pressure I had just became unleashed. I was so wound up. I was so intense. That's right, Mama. Pop-pop was stressed out. And when I was, and I was loosed, it, I came unraveled. I didn't even know it. And i never forget one night, I thought I was losing my mind. And all of a sudden, I wasn't praying. I was just laying there. The presence of God came on me. And I saw a bright light. And the Lord took me into a doctor's office and showed me paintings on the wall and said, stop being stubborn. This is where you need to go for help. And right at that time at 3 o'clock in the morning, I got the text from my sister. And it said, I'm praying for you right now. Somebody prayed for me, gave me direction. From that point on, things began to turn around, and I had direction. I had clarity. I didn't get instantly delivered, but God gave me wisdom from heaven to take me down a path of getting better and getting well. What I'm trying to tell you is your prayers matter. And when your faith reaches up to heaven, God gives his faith to somebody else that needs it as well, and while he strengthens your faith. While he strengthens your faith, the apostle, the, 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 Peter, 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 okay, testing, testing. Peter began to, to feel these moments in his life prior to his completely being delivered. And he went through a process. He went through a process of feeling things. Like, let me give you the first point. Here, here, real quickly, let me go through these. If you want these, you can download them from the notes of my sermon from the app, or you can take a picture of this, however you want to do this. But let me just go, number one, you can write down the scripture references are there, but right here, Peter, he restricts children from seeing Jesus. This is where Peter begins to find himself operating in his flesh, not in the faith of God. He loses compassion, he loses the empathy, and begins to withhold children from seeing Jesus. And Jesus rebukes his religious spirit. A lack of faith will cause you to be religious and tell people he's too busy for you. You're too young. You're not old enough. Which, by the way, we just had 18 youth get baptized in the Holy Ghost at Now Camp. All of them baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Don't tell me God doesn't pour his spirit out. Turn to somebody and tell them you're never too young. You're never too young. It caused him to put restrictions on people. He caused him to try to qualify who's good enough, who isn't good enough. He fails to walk on water, which is, you know, maybe we shouldn't pick on Peter because maybe none of us would have stepped out. The only thing we have to say about that really is that Jesus was walking on water with him. But he fails. And then Jesus said, where did you go wrong? Your faith failed. Why did you fear? It's embarrassing. In front of the whole crew. He argues next and number three. He argues with the disciples about who's going to be the greatest. Who does that? I'm going to be great. I'm better than you. I'm more talented than you are. I prayed for three people this week. They got healed. How many people did you pray for? you can almost become carnal when you have an experience and you're used by God. If you're not if you don't have your ego in check, you think it really makes you something. Right. Peter thought, "I'm good. I'm real good." He ain't that good. Arrogance, pride, ego. Without your faith being shielded by humility, hell will have an inroad and hit you. And that could have caused a lot of problems. But then Jesus comes in and teaches them, the greatest among you shall be the least. And he deflates them. He deflates them. Number four, he couldn't handle a spiritual encounter on the Mount of Transfiguration. He sees Jesus, Elisha, and Moses, and guess what he does? He wants to build three churches right there, three tabernacles. He couldn't handle it. He wanted to build a landmark right there from one experience. How many times have we experienced God because of God's mercy and because of faith? All just to simply let it get to us and camp out right there in that one experience and never go beyond it thinking, oh, I've arrived, I'm good enough. Not being shielded will cause you to compromise your growth thinking you have arrived and that's good enough. But humility, openness will cause you. To move on past it and act like you've been there before. Yeah, I think for our men that are here, it was Barry Sanders. How many of you remember Barry Sanders from the Detroit Lions? Anybody raise your hand, guys, so I don't feel alone. <laughs> Barry Sanders, I believe it was, that walked into the end zone. And he didn't celebrate like everybody else, doing the dance, doing the shout, throwing the football. He just laid it down and went back to the huddle, went back to the sidelines, and they asked him after one game, how come you don't celebrate like everybody else? And he looked at the reporter and said, you got to act like you've been there before. God heals somebody. God does something. Thank him for it. Move on to the next. Act like you've been there. There's more that God has to do. I believe in celebration. Don't get me wrong. But I also believe there's so much more that needs to be done. There's so much more that needs to be done. Let me hurry up and finish through this. Number five, he gets rebuked, and he's called Satan by the Lord himself. He said, get behind me, Satan. Calls him Satan himself for trying to intervene on what looked like him stepping out of the will of God, what looked like Jesus stepping out of God's will. He would have been the hindrance. Thank God the lord didn't listen to peter because peter would have messed it up for all of us right, right? i mean listen a lot of people have good ideas and great ideas but not, they're not god ideas right. you got to have a wisdom from above and be led by the spirit and not be motivated by yourself and what it will do to you but god has a bigger plan and that plan sometimes requires us to suffer requires us to go through some trials requires us to let our character be built. Many times we think I'm not in the will of God or they're not in the will of God because of what they're going through. How do you know? God is using that situation to develop their faith and develop their character and give them some tenacity and give them some perseverance. But at the end of that trial, they're going to come forth as pure, holy, righteous in the eyes of God gold. God has a plan. God has a plan. And then he didn't let, number six, the Lord wash his feet. You're not washing my feet, Lord, thinking that it would make him look good or he was trying to, you know, honor him and give him some type of recognition or respect. I don't know what his motive was. You're not washing my feet. You're too good. Jesus said, I, 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 there's no one good but the Father. He didn't say it in that portion of Scripture, but he said it within the context of the New Testament, the mindset that we need to have. In other words, none of us are too big or too good to serve. You look good now. You're, you, you drive a nice car now. Have a nice house. But you still got to get your hands dirty. And I'm going to tell you something. You ready for this? He told Peter, if you don't let me wash your feet, I have nothing to do with you in the future. Because you think this is all about the now. I'm just letting you know this is how it's going to be for eternity till you, til you get to heaven. This is how it's going to be forever. Because if I'm not allowed to wash you from your sins, you're going to stay dirty. He is still serving us today, folks. It's all about servanthood. Turn to somebody and tell them, let go of your ego. Get your hands dirty. Come on, let go of your ego. Because faith will keep you in, in, in the sphere of servanthood. Pride will say, oh, we're too good for that. You're too good for that. I'm too good for that. And the last one is, at the very end, after saying all of that stuff, I'm ready to die with you. right or die, Lord. right or die. He says, I don't know who he is, Matthew 26 and 74. I don't know who he is. And he cusses and he makes oaths saying, I never knew him. This is Peter unshielded. All of these episodes here are Peter unshielded. And there are more even after he was shielded, after he received the armor of God. When you have received a born-again experience, yes, the blood covers you. But the scripture says that the armor of God is the armor of light. It's the spirit. And when you are filled with his spirit, you have received righteousness as a breastplate. Shoes of readiness to preach the gospel, a helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, and a shield of faith. You are recruited. Now, God will never send a civilian into war. Yeah, you are saved. At Calvary, you're baptized into the body, but you need the Spirit In your life to get engaged in war because you are no match for the devil, but greater is he that's in you than him that's in the world. And after that day, after that day in Acts chapter 2, this is where everything turns around. Everything begins to turn around in, in, in Peter's life. Even Jesus prophesied it. You want to see the prophecy? How many of you want to see the prophecy of of God taking Peter from being weak, doing what he wanted to do, being succumbing to his own devices and his own weaknesses, to a place where he would walk in boldness? Y'all want to see the scripture? John chapter 21. Write it down. John chapter 21, verse 18. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where You wished. But when you are old, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you did not wish. This he spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. In other words, the Lord was telling Peter, and I'm paraphrasing, there's coming a day, Peter, that I'm going to mature you. I'm going to put another spirit in your life, my spirit. And whatever faith I had to go to the cross, guess what? You wanted to be like me? I'm going to make you like me. And I'm going to cause you to walk down your crucifixion and carry your cross. And you're going to stretch out your hands willingly. And you're not going to fear death. You're not going to fear people. You're going to declare me. And guess what happened in Acts chapter 2? In Acts chapter 2, when they were in prayer in Jerusalem, the very city that crucified Jesus, they were all there and there were thousands of people there that day and when they all were baptized in the spirit and they had their armor guess who stands up to preach to thousands of people Peter Peter stands up boldly and says this was the Christ he that you he that was crucified you killed him with your own will you shouted you shouted Let Barabbas go, crucify him, crucify him. And he was the Messiah. And he stood there and declared this and began to prophesy to them and say, these people that you're making fun of today, they're not drunk. They're not drunk. They're not crazy. They haven't lost your mind. Can I simply tell you this? Don't let anybody talk you out of the baptism of the Holy Spirit if you know it's for real. And if you don't know yet, ask them, pursue it. Ask the Lord for something deeper. Don't knock it till you tried it. And he stood in their defense that day and said, they're not drunk. It's only 9 a.m. in the morning. But this is that, which is talked about by the prophet Joel. I will pour my spirit out on the last days, saith God. And your young people, what should they do? prophesy and they shall dream dreams this is for your children and for all your loved ones even as many as the lord our god shall call and there were three thousand people we make a big deal with three people but that day there were three thousand people Added to the church. Why? Because somebody was shielded from being afraid of facing the crowd that was seeking the followers of Jesus Christ in those days. It's a boldness that God gives you. Faith makes you bold, not rude. Religion makes you rude. Faith makes you humble and bold to stand still. Here's what I'm going to tell somebody, and I felt this right before I stepped up here to tell somebody. You stop and get discouraged when one arrow is shot at you. One thing goes wrong and it stops you in your tracks. A warrior is shielded and is never, ever discouraged from one attack. But there's an adrenaline in the spirit. That causes you to have a holy anger and causes you to keep in cadence with the Holy Ghost and causes you to walk forward despite the attacks in your life. It's like a boxer going into a boxing ring and saying, oh, my God, I'm not going in there anymore. He swung at me. Forget that. I didn't sign up for that. No, I can go buy a belt at the store. I don't want that belt. I mean, who does that? right? And a warrior doesn't step on the field and say, oh my God, they're shooting arrows at us. What do you expect? What did you expect? An Instagram? (laughs) A DM? Is that what it's called? (laughs) A Facebook post? I hate you. It's not an attack. Faith will cause you To see a dark coming and see trouble along the way and say, I have no fear. My God is greater. And it doesn't touch your mind. It doesn't touch your spirit. No harm comes near you. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. My refuge. I must be talking to people that don't have shields today because you sure are quiet today. I'm not looking for a response because I need it. I'm just saying, wake up. Look alive. Come on, somebody. You have been called by God to walk by faith, not by sight. And somebody... Somebody is discouraged in this building because you think things aren't going your way. Let me tell you what's going on. You don't have your shield up, and you're being driven back, and you don't know what to do. But if you're a child of God, and you have the armor of life, Nothing's going to stop you from moving forward in your life. Nothing can hinder the work of God in your life. They can talk about you. You can have problems come against your children. You can have issues in your business. You can have people just say what they want to, but no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the Lord, your God and his righteousness. Nothing. Can stop you from moving forward. I gotta I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you right here. Do you wanna know how to build up your purest faith? You wanna know? You want a scripture for it? Y'all want it? Raise your hand. Gotta know you want it. Gotta okay, here we go, here we go. So I know that's needy of me, but it just feels good when you say, give it to me, I want it. You're doing good, Pastor Bobby. Man, that man, turn to somebody and tell them that Pastor Bobby gets better every single week. Man, yes, yeah, this dude, man, this dude's okay, here we go. John, Jude, Jude chapter one. Jude chapter one. This is powerful. Write it down, Jude chapter one. The, these are grumblers. Complainers, walking according to their own lust. They, they, they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. Watch out for politics, right? right? But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ. How? They told you that there would be mockers in the last day who would walk according to their ungodly lust. These are central persons. Watch this. Who cause division. They're not shielded. They're not guarded. Not, why? Not having the what? Spirit. Not having the spirit. But you, watch this. But you, beloved, Building yourself up in your most holy faith. Let's pause there just for a moment. Say holy faith. Do you know what that means? That means unadulterated, organic, pure, 100% God faith. Well, let me help you understand it like this, that one clap. I appreciate it, the golf clap, but that was, I just got to tell you there's more to it. Because we're talking about God's faith. Now, think about this. Do you think you can stand there and, and you think anybody can intimidate God? No. Do you think that this, the problems in the world is having God biting his fingernails? No. Do you think that actually any leader of any country can try to threaten God and God be moved by it? No. you think the devil intimidates God? No. you think sickness would intimidate God? Okay, that's the faith I'm talking about. I'm talking about pure, Holy Ghost, God-given faith that will shield you, to cause you not to get discouraged, not to have anxiety, not to be depressed, not to be angry, not to hold unforgiveness, but keep moving forward. But you, be loved. Building yourself up in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying. How do I get that kind of faith? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Are you being pushed back right now? I'm going to say very plain to you. If you don't understand it, you're more than welcome to ask me later. You ready? You have to ask yourself, when's the last time I prayed in tongues? That's right. You're in that kind of church. I'm just telling you, don't leave now if we're going to know who you are. Just keep looking forward. Be, keep, that, keep that Baptist smile. I'm just telling you. When's the last time you prayed in the spirit? Are you doing it every day? Could be your problem. You think God gave us the Holy Ghost and that experience just for us to have at one time and sit on it and thinking, I did it? I mean, if that's the case, let's just get T-shirts made. I spoke in tongues once, therefore I am. That is not the will of God. When I'm dealing with issues and I'm being pushed back and I'm being affected and I feel the attacks from the enemy, if I see arrows constantly coming at me, even if I see arrows coming, I know. I look back at my prayer life. I don't try to find blame with anybody else. And I don't blame the person that the devil's using because that's my fault. I go back in prayer, and it's funny because when I go back in prayer, and I start praying in the Spirit in the evening and in the morning and throughout the day praising his name, and then in the evening in the morning and throughout the day praising his name, not listening to different kinds of music that the Holy Ghost wouldn't listen to. Hello? Just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you need to listen to what the Holy Ghost likes to listen to. I like listening to, oh, people want to know what I listen to when I work out. I like listening to gospel music when I work out. I don't care how it sounds or looks to you. I need something to just let the Holy Ghost get fiery inside of me and motivate me and get me going. So I'm just going to tell you, throughout my day, i got to stay focused and engaged Because it's a matter of me being consistent, having my faith up, and working with God, and letting God outflank the enemy. When I'm in prayer, and I'm consistent with prayer, I don't see that many arrows. In fact, I see nothing but arrows going to them. I see nothing but warrior angels begin to work on my behalf. And it's like there's peace. There's understanding of why. Now I understand it now. You want to know why you've got havoc in your house? It's because you haven't taken the battle to the devil and allowed heaven to throw the first punch. you got to throw the first punch at the devil. Turn your cheek to people, but you hit the devil right in the teeth and kick him in the throat. I wasn't raised in church. I didn't take boxing or nothing like that, but I'll bite your ears off. <laughs> Ain't no rules in fighting the devil. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not just coming after, I'm coming after your whole family. I'm coming after every one of your little imps. I'm just telling you right now, your faith will cause you to be bold and move forward and not be afraid. But you got to pray and your most holiest faith because without it, you're not going to gain yardage. You're not going to take ground. You're not going to keep on... Seeing the blessings of God. Come on, Haley. Come on, Haley. Or whoever. I have a point. I haven't even given you my point today. I'm going to give you my point and end with that. Are you ready? Because I've gone way past time. I'm going to give you my point today. Praying in the Spirit builds your faith in weak areas of your life. That's what it does. Areas you can't see. Areas you know nothing about. It takes care of your blind spot. You see, your soul, your soul, your spirit, there are so many compartments within that. I'm going to give you a revelation. You ready? Can I give you a little bit of meat? Just a little little something for you to chew on this week. All right, here it is. Here it is. The Old Testament tabernacle, an Old Testament tabernacle, was built in a tent. Had no solid foundation, was built on sand only had had the court the outer court had the to the, the the most holy the holy place I mean you, you have this overview of a simple model but but when God told David I won't allow you to build it because you shed blood but said your son will and David and Solomon built a temple that was a type of new temple temple for the new testament church model that temple had three levels it had 30 rooms in each level i believe it was body soul and spirit and it was a mock and a blueprint of our makeup when you look at us there are so many different compartments in your life but remember the compartment that the, ta- that the Ark of the Covenant was the Holy Ghost representing the Holy Ghost was, was in his own separate room, your spirit. But everything else on the outer perimeter were corridors. This is where people have a hard time thinking, well, if I'm a believer, I don't, I don't have devils in my life. Have you checked every room? The Holy Ghost is in one room, but he's giving you free will to kick everything else out of the other rooms. Go read the book of Nehemiah when he was trying to rebuild the walls and the temple was down. There was a man in there causing problems for him was mocking him, trying to destroy him. Guess where he was living? He was living in the temple in a room. The devil will try to sneak into any compartment of your life if you don't allow the Spirit of God to deal with the weak areas. Only God can clean out every compartment of your mind, of your heart, and your affection. And you don't know it, but sometimes it takes time for God to just reveal it to you. But the way you get rid of it is by acknowledging it. You have to acknowledge. It's okay to say you're weak. It's okay to say I failed. It's okay to go to God and say this is where I have problems. This is where my struggle is. Because if you don't do that, you'll never overcome it. And if you don't do that, you can't be shielded in that area. And that's exactly where the enemy's hitting you. Let me give you Psalms Psalms 51, David's prayer. And I have more, but I got to end with this. I end with this right here. David wrote, after he sinned with Bathsheba, By the way, her first part of that name should have gave it away, Bathsheba. This this guy couldn't, I don't know. Have mercy upon me, O God, because of your unfailing love, not because of my goodness, not because I'm somebody, not because I'm a king. This is a king. And by the way, this was a warrior. He understood spiritual warfare. He did. That's why he approached God the way he did. David was considered one of the greatest warriors and also kings. Because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, your great compassion, not mine. Blot out the stains of my sin, wash me clean from my guilt. Take the guilt away from me. Purify me from my sin, for I, I recognize my rebellion. I want to share a little secret with you. When you feel a rebellious spirit come on you, it's not the devil most of the time. It's your soul in rebellion, your old nature. It will rebel, it will talk back, it will say, I don't feel like doing that. It happens. It's your nature. Again, it haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned? I've done. What you say and your judgments against me is just. I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb and teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sin, for I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again, for you have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Let me rejoice. But the key is, he Acknowledge it. Don't keep looking at my sins, he said. Remove the stain of the guilt. Created me a clean heart, and this is what most people fail to do. they ask God to forgive them, but they'll never ask God to rebuild them. That's like doing a renovation in your house, doing all the demo, but never going back to rebuild it. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your spirit from me. You see, the, pra- the patriarchs of the Old Testament, they had the spirit of God come upon them. The spirit of the Lord came upon them and then it would withdraw itself after the accomplishment of their purpose. But now, God says in the, Old Test- in the New Testament, Jesus said, he would be called Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. But he said, behold, I am with you, but behold, I shall be in you. And because of the blood, because of the blood of Jesus, he stays with us. Because the ultimate sacrifice occurred only when the patriarchs, as David and all of the other kings, only when they offered blood sacrifices could they find favor and restitution back with God. But here's the good news. You are covered by the blood. And God has not left you. So, don't, God will be long suffering with you because of the blood. He'll be long suffering with you even if it takes years. But let me simply tell you this God hasn't left you. You've just not been transparent with Him. You've just not been honest with Him. How many of you here, here today can honestly say, I need Him to shield me in some weak areas of my life? I want to be shielded, I want to be covered. Will you stand to your feet this Sunday morning? Here's what I want to tell you the safest place for us to be shielded is in the battlefield did you know if David would have been in the war in the battle he would have never fallen and fallen into temptation had David been on the front lines engaged in battle he would have never murdered Uriah and had an adulterous affair with Bathsheba would have never happened Psalms 51 would not exist had David been in the field. The safest place for us is to be engaged. Even when you're not in battle, you're still shielded. Your faith stays strong. Let's make this our prayer today together. Lord Jesus, strengthen the weak areas of my life, places where I'm not covered. I pray today, Lord, let's all of us just take a moment to repent of things we know that we need to let God have. Father, we pray today that you just forgive us of our sin. Forgive us, Father, from being far from you. Forgive us, dear Lord, for doing it our way. Lord, we pray that you would put a spirit of prayer inside of us, that we would surrender to you on a daily basis, that we would get out, God, of being always outflanked by the enemy. From this point forward, God, we just want you to teach us how to walk, how to walk with you on a daily, how we get into your presence every day. God, we begin by the blood, and we say thank you. Thank you for the blood. But, Lord, we praise you for your mighty acts. We praise you for your excellent greatness. We praise you for your mighty works. We praise you for the work at Calvary. We thank you for the Spirit of God in our life. But we worship and surrender to you. Fill the void in our lives. Just do it. Just say it to them. Fill the void in my life. Somebody begin to pray in the Spirit. If you've not given your life to Jesus, surrender your life to Jesus right now by repenting of your sins in your own way. Ask Him to be your Lord and Savior right now. Come on, just for a few moments, just pray in the Spirit. Build up your holy faith. Build up the most purest faith you can have, a faith that doesn't doubt, a faith that believes a faith that's strong, a faith that loves, a faith that has wisdom, a faith that has understanding. You have the Holy Ghost. If you desire the baptism of the Spirit, just lift your hands right now. Lift your voice and begin to yield to Him. Father, in the name of Jesus, pour your Spirit out right now to the hungry. Right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. now. Pour your Spirit out. Pour your spirit out right now. Your Holy Ghost, touch. Out. Holy Ghost, touch. Holy Ghost, touch. Oh, Holy anointing. Ghost, send angels to help us this morning. Send angels to help us this your morning. Presence. Send angels to help us this morning. Pour help us this morning, Lord. Touch out. and baptize your people. Pour your